Hi, and welcome to the Pantsuit Nation podcast. Pantsuit Nation is an online community of 3.8 million people who have come together to resist the current administration through activism, advocacy, and of course, the power of personal narrative. My name is Libby Chamberlain, and I'm one of the co-founders of Pantsuit Nation, and I'm here with Courtney. Hello. And we're really excited about the podcast this week. It's been, um, I guess, last week I was unavailable, so good to be back this week. And before we um, chat with our first guest, uh, Courtney, do you want to give us a little update on what's happening this week in the news? Yeah, I've just been really, it's been a a challenging couple of weeks, as we all know, with the Parkland, Florida shooting and and, um, all of what has been happening, uh, just hearing about that tragedy. But one of the things that's really been incredible is seeing that story stay in the news and seeing actual moving and changing happening. Um, Just today, so we're recording this on Wednesday, um, it was announced that Dick's Boarding Goods has made a lot of changes in the way that they are going to sell guns in their store. And that is a movement on the part of an organization that, you know, didn't have anything to do with laws changing, but um, the pressure that has been put on sort of the societal pressure that's been put on companies to really think about how they're participating in this, um, in these tragedies has made a difference for that company. And that is a, a huge retailer of these kinds of weapons. And they're pulling them out of their exporting goods and also field and stream and changing the age uh, limits. And they also, you know, had some demands that they want to see from the government. And and that's the kind of thing that um, has made me feel like maybe something is shifting. Um, so I'm I'm intrigued to continue to see how that goes on. And we'll talk a little bit more about, about this topic um, in the Golden Pantsuit and in the uh, calls to action this month. But I figured I would mention how um, I'm just really interested in continuing to see how this stays at the top of the news cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And that pressure is so important and and kind of um, making people focus on where they're spending their money and the organizations and businesses that supporting um, is is really inspiring. So keep up the good work, everyone. And um, let's shift over to our guest. I'm I'm really excited to speak this week with Leanne Pittsford. Uh, She's an entrepreneur, an investor, a risk taker, a queer and women's rights activist. And she's a CEO and founder of Lesbians Who Tech, which is a community of queer women in tech and allies. And she's launching a new project called Social Good Tech Week, which will help connect the world's best technologies to the social good community. Before Leanne started Lesbians Who Tech, she founded and led Start Somewhere, which is a design and technology agency focused on strengthening social good organizations. And before that, Leanne was a senior director at Equality California, the largest statewide LGBTQ organization in the U.S., and worked on the No on Prop 8 campaign. And she's also an investor in several startups. So welcome, Leanne. I know you're incredibly busy right now now because the fifth annual Lesbians Who Tech and Allies Summit is starting tomorrow in San Francisco. But thank you so much for taking some time with us on the Pantsuit Nation podcast. Of course. So excited to be here. So prior to starting Lesbians Who Tech, what were you seeing that made you recognize that this type of organization was necessary? So before I started Lesbians Tech, I worked in an organization called Equality California. And um, we are focused, obviously, on um, equality on the legislative side uh, for LGBTQ individuals in California. But we were one of the main organizations behind the non-profit campaign fighting to keep marriage um, for LGBTQ uh, individuals in California. And I actually managed all the data for the campaign. And, uh, you know, I was a younger, younger professional gay at the time. And it was really eye-opening for me to have a front row seat to, you know, some of the things that were happening in our movement. Um, and for me, what was really powerful 
was really centered around economic power, right? Every gay neighborhood I went to, didn't matter where it was in the world, it was, you know, 70 to 90% male. Um, women would often get a, a night a month, if that. Um, hmm. And, you know, even now, right, um, our lesbian bars have, have shut down. And so, you know, I looked at the data for the campaign, it was really clear to me that gay men held all of the economic power. Um, and even at our own events, we struggled to get women to show up to have a community. Um, and it was really powerful for me. And, you know, there's just two ways that you can show up in this world. And that's with your time and with your money. And your money is a lot more scalable. Um, and I really sort of learned that lesson around economic power, not just as something, you know, nice to have, but it's really, I believe, our civic duty um, to, uh, you know, get um, economic power if we can, right? And so I felt a sense of duty to, you know, start my own company and try to give back uh, that way because I saw that as such a way to create change. And even within our own community, I saw how much power and how much of a, a stronger voice gay men held because they were spending the money to create our movement and we weren't, right? I mean, that's all the numbers. Um, men were giving, you know, six times the amount women were with a fraction of the phone calls and emails. Um, and part of that is because of, you know, societal things, right? Women make less than men. And when we put two women together versus two gay men, we're actually at opposite ends of the economic spectrum. So there's real, you know, cultural things mm. um, that are existing too, right? And I tell people this all the time and they're like, oh my God, that's mind blowing. I'm like, it, 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 it is, but it's also makes, it makes so I much know, sense. I know, I was just right? about to say, I've never even thought about that. But of course, that makes perfect sense. That, yeah, that statistic is incredible. Right. And I think that's the thing, right? When you look at any even like gay publication or, you know, um, a lot of times it's just like, who has a seat at the table. And a lot of that is centered around economic power. And for the LGBT community, we're, we're sort of all in uh, the same movement together. And uh, because of that, you know, queer women really get left out of the conversation. And I felt that as a younger person in the movement working, um, you know, w working on gay rights. And so I really wanted to make sure that I, you know, became a queer woman that showed up with both their time and their money. Um, I fell in love with technology. You know, I managed all the data for the campaign. I taught myself uh, how to build some some uh, online fundraising campaigns that ended up raising millions of dollars. And I sort of saw the power and the impact that technology could have. And so I ended up starting my own tech company um, and sort of entered into the larger Silicon Valley conversation. And, you know, there too, I really felt like queer women were missing. I mean, even from some of the women's events, right, they would talk about their husband staying home and all these things. And I'm like, well, what about for queer women? Like we don't have it, like the husband, you know, the sort of conversations where they're just little differences, but they added up. And because I felt like, you know, what if we just weren't providing the right value to queer women? Because I mean, most LGBTQ organizations are 70 to 90% male. Um, and actually lesbian tech is the only group in the world that's a hundred percent focused on providing value to queer women. Right. And it's because women are so inclusive, we tend to go a little broader. We go all women or LGBTQ. And I think what I've really tried to do at Lesbian Tech is be specific and intentional about the value and who we're trying to provide value to without being exclusive. And it's a delicate mm -hmm. balance. And, and sometimes we're not, we're not perfect by any means. But I think that's what we've done um, in terms of how we build this community, right? We say, and the people who love us or end allies and, you know, make sure our, you know, our, our summits are always 50% people of color, 10% transgender, 20% Black and Latinx. So, you know, we, we implement all these really intentional things around how we curate community. But really, I thought Lesbian to Tech would fail, to be honest, because it was such a struggle to get queer women to show up to things and be a part of the community. Um, and so I did it almost to prove myself right in that I thought, okay, 
let's just try to try to be specific, see if it works. Um, <laughs> and I was definitely I was definitely surprised and, and proven wrong, which is always fun. And you know, within like the third event, we had like lines out the door, and our first summit had 800 people, and and now we're you know tomorrow's going to be our fifth uh, anniversary summit with 5,000 queer women and the people who love us. Incredible. And just looking at the the summit lineup, all of the women who are speaking, I have a little bit of FOMO. Like it just seems, um, I mean, it's <laughs> incredible what you've coming? built. You have to come next year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will take that as a, as a specific invitation next from you, year. Ann, and you will Six be hearing years. from me. Sixth <laughs> summit, we will be there. <laughs> Yeah. So tell us about it. I mean, what's this event like? It's it. Um, I, I love what you said about being specific and explicitly centering lesbians uh, and the women who love you um, or, the, or the allies that love you. And, and tell us what it's all about and, and um, what, you know, are, are what are the speakers kind of um, addressing yeah. and how does tech and um, the world of of queer women's rights, you know, how, what is that intersection and what does it look like? Absolutely. So, you know, I was a little hesitant to start another conference, right? There's so many events and does the world need one more thing? But when I started, you know, talking to the people in our community, right, I'm all about um, experimentation and I'm, I'm a true entrepreneur in that way. So I wanted to make sure we were building something that was what our community wanted and kind of, you know, taking feedback and, and going along as necessary. But one of the things that really struck me in, that, in those early years before we had even our first summit was sort of asking people, who would you want to speak? You know, what's one queer woman um, that you would want to speak in technology or even media. And out of over 100 people, most people didn't have one single role model or one single person, not even someone that they worked with at their company, right? We're not, we're not talking a huge, you know, um, you know, someone who's written a book, just who's someone you work with that you know is an out queer woman that's in technology, even tangentially. And most people had not one name. And about five people said Megan Smith or Kara Swisher, which totally makes sense. And they are, they are definitely two of our... <laughs> iconic right, women, yep. uh, in tech, um, and we love them. But um, it was really powerful to me that most people didn't even know one single person. And so right there, I knew there was a, there was a void and there was a, a need we could fill. And that's sort of what shaped us, right? Um, on top of there just not being a lot of professional spaces for queer women, right? We're actually this year going to be the largest LGBTQ professional event in the world. Um, wow. And the fact that it's an event yeah. focused on women is sort of, I mean, as someone who's worked in the space, I mean, I still kind of get goosebumps. It's like, it's just so, you, you if you told me this five years ago, I'd have been like, there's no way we're going to get this many women to show up. And so we take over the Castro District of San Francisco, which is the historically LGBTQ part of the city. Um, it's where Har Harvey Milk, um, you know, was in the Castro and just where all the gay bars are essentially. And so for us, it's a little bit, you know, having worked there um, when I worked at Equality California, it's, it's sort of this powerful moment because women get to reclaim this space that's, you know, kind of for them in this way because LGBTQ, but it's really dominated by gay men. Um, mm. And so that part is just super special. And, you know, we the Castro Theater is this historic place that was so integral to so much of our history. Um, and so we have content in there. Um, we take over all the bars and have breakout content. Um, we actually tent like the parking lots and transform them into really interactive spaces where people can test out technology and meet one another. We do speed mentoring. And, you know, one of our, one of our members told me once, you know, what I love about Lesbian Two Tech is that everyone is slightly uncomfortable, whether it's me because I have my boss there or whether it's another executive queer woman who has someone they're managing there um, or just a queer woman who's attending. We're not used to bringing our, you know, personal life to a professional life in this way, but, you know, if you mm. just looked at our agenda, 
we are a technology conference first. Like, in the speakers just happen to be queer women and just happen to be queer women of color. Like, we've really taken on that approach um, because, you know, our people really love technology. Like, that's the core of who we are. But the fact they get to bring, you know, that side of their, their passion along with their identity, not to mention we do have such a social justice lens. I mean, queer women, that's just a part of who we are. We care about what's happening in the world. We want to solve tough problems. And so, you know, more than most other conferences, we just naturally kind of bring together some of the topics that are facing our country and our world. Well, you've sold me on going to next year's, I mean, Libby, (laughs) obviously, right into the budget. (laughs) We're the largest women, women's conference in tech in California. And I mean, I think it's interesting, right? Because obviously the the queer part is so much of our foundation, but we've sort of just now, we're just now known for being like the most fun, the most interesting, the most diverse conference Mm -hmm. in tech period. Right. And I was, I was just going to say, you know, as a Facebook based platform, like Courtney and I are kind of reluctantly recognizing that we're, you know, we work in tech and and much of what we do is organizing online and trying to figure out how to innovate with the tools that we have through social media to drive people to offline action. And we've spent a little bit of time um, in, you know, Silicon Valley over the last year trying to work with some developers and, and people that work kind of at that intersection of technology and social justice and media to figure out how we can do the most good with the platform that we have. Um, but we notice the same thing, right? When we, we look around um, that when it comes to, to gender, um, it's often, you know, a few women and a, and a large group of men that are having these conversations. And so right. that piece of it for us is, is really inspiring as well. But I know Courtney had a question that I interrupted. Sorry, Courtney. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually a really good segue. Um, you also participated um, in the Tech Jobs Tour in 2017. And I think that really is an initiative that speaks to what Libby was just talking about and a lot of what we've been talking about in this conversation. Can you tell us a little bit about what that, yeah. what that was and, and what you did with that project? Yeah. So basically, you know, because obviously lesbians are also women, which is, uh, you'd be surprised, like, especially when we first started, I'd be, they'd be like, oh, we're not ready to fund LGBTQ things. You know, we're just focused on getting our women numbers up in, in you know, in our tech company. <laughs> which I, like, this is going to get really awkward for a second before we're hugging out eventually, I promise. And like, oh, like, like, we can check a couple of those women. boxes for yeah, you. And they're yeah. like, right, right. I'm like, right. So we're like 100% women there. Um, you know, and gender nonconforming and non-binary, but that was a whole other conversation. Um, you know, so basically because we're so intersectional in our identity, right? We're transgender, we're women, women of color. Um, we're gender nonconforming, um, we're veterans, we're mothers, right? We've had a front row seat to the issues facing underrepresented people in technology, right? From a hiring standpoint, from a retention standpoint. And because of that, we've learned a lot of valuable lessons. And so we wanted to experiment with solving the larger technology problem, right? The numbers haven't moved up at tech companies. Um, there's a hundred, you know, 500,000 open jobs. There's going to be a million soon. Um, so many, uh, you know, techies are getting their, te- their skills from non-traditional sources. Companies don't know how to validate them. Um, a lot of our talent, you know, it, there's such a talent shortage in the coast. And yet in the middle of the country, there's so many people who are unemployed, especially, you know, in the mm-hmm. post-Trump era. We sort of felt like we needed to experiment outside of just lesbians and queer women and see if we could take these lessons and apply them to the larger community, honestly, to our entire country. And so um, I was talking with Megan Smith, the third CT of the United States. She obviously loved the idea. And so um, basically decided to launch this out of Lesbian Tech. People, many people, we try to kind of be a little stealth that it's us behind it. 
um, because we're trying to reach all people. And as soon as you say lesbian, it's like only the lesbians show up. It's like the funniest thing. Even the gay boys, like they just don't, <laughs> they don't come. So um, I was actually in Kentucky uh, talking to someone like this, like, you know, big six foot white guy. And he's just like, so like, who's funding this? And I was, and I actually took that moment. I was like, actually a group called Lesbians Who Tech. And he was just like, oh, it was like the best conversation. So these, these are like, educational <laughs> moments. but um, so, you know, we decided to do what we do at Lesbians Who Tech, right? We do these crazy, magical um, experiences, career fair, speed mentoring. We bring together ecosystem leaders and we really connect companies to talent. And then we teach, um, you know, local people that tech jobs are an opportunity, right? The average salary in America is about, you know, 29,000 and the average tech salary is about 83,000. And so we're almost talking triple the amount. And that's, you know, that's not mm-hmm. just a job, that's like a game changer. Um, and so really this is about economic opportunity for all Americans. So we did 25 cities in 2017. We're going to do 25 cities in 2018. Um, we're working on a product to go along with the tour, which will um, is in beta right now, but going to be really sued called Include io but really scaling um the ability to allow companies to hire intentionally right to actually say we want to have a goal of um you know 50 percent women 50 percent people of color we believe that diversity isn't going to be solved unless there's intention and urgency right like things literally don't change change unless there's urgency around them um and so we believe you know companies should be setting goals and hopefully one day we can move back to quotas um, because we think like literally, you know, if I didn't have my quota speaker, it would not happen. Like things just need urgency and you have to track it with data. So that's what the tour is all about. Um, We'll hopefully be expanding and doing more cities um, and, you know, really we want to be everywhere in the country trying to change the face of technology. Amazing. I just love that so much that that marriage of, um, yeah, tech and data and innovation with that in-person, like bolstering, hopeful, you know, essence of coming together and, and, you know, not just doing it exclusively online using the tools that you have, but also meeting people where they are. Um, and that idea of, of the national tour, I think is, is super important. And Liam, we know that you are incredibly busy and we're just so grateful um, to you for joining us on the Pantsuit Nation podcast. For listeners that are interested, you can find lesbianswhotech.org. There's tons of information there. And Leanne, tell us where um, folks can find you on Instagram, Twitter, wherever, um, drop your social media handles so we can follow you and all that you're doing i am on twitter at le pitts lay pitts um and if you just google my name Leanne pitts for my emails everywhere so feel free to reach out to me i love (laughs) and email and play inbox there all the time so reach out i will be late because i'll be at the summit for a couple days but i will get back to you after that (laughs) perfect we'll have an amazing time doesn't sound like that will be uh, a hard time or hard challenge but um (laughs) looks fantastic and thanks again for joining us thank you so much of course i'll talk to you soon thank you so much take care Bye. Bye now. This week's Pantsuit Nation podcast is brought to you by Goop. Goop is a lifestyle brand rooted in content that spans travel, food, beauty, style, work, and of course, wellness. In addition to the twice-weekly newsletters, they've got their hands in several different product cookie jars. There's Goop by Juice Beauty, a high-performance skincare line made from organic ingredients, a vitamin program to address the acute needs of modern women, a line of entirely natural fragrances, and a fashion label that's made in Italy's finest mills and launches in monthly limited edition installments. Goop's newest wellness product is Goop Glow Morning Skin Super Powder, a drinkable single-serving skin supporter which provides inside-out nutrition for a healthy complexion by way of powerful antioxidants, vitamins C and E, and more good stuff. And it's really easy to take on the road in single-serving packets that can fit in your purse or suitcase. And it also tastes delicious, like oranges and lemon verbena. 
If you're looking to take your morning ritual to the next level, the Goop by Juice Beauty Exfoliating Instant Facial does exactly what it sounds like it should. It instantly brightens and softens skin to reveal a glowing, smoother-looking complexion. So go online to goop.com slash pantsuit to get these and more Pantsuit Nation-approved Goop products. That's goop.com slash pantsuit. Goop.com slash pantsuit. So incredible to have our guest Leanne Pittsford join us today. Thank you so much, Leanne. And we're really excited to continue to follow your work and and support that. And now let's transition to our call to action for the week. What do you have for us, Court? Well, the fight for dreamers is still on. Um, There was a great win with the Supreme Court refusing to hear the Trump administration's case to end DACA, which means the program will stay in place for now. But there was also a really tough ruling coming out of the Supreme Court that allows people, undocumented people to be detained indefinitely. So it's constantly an up and down. And it really means that we have to find legislative solutions for dreamers and other undocumented people. Um, Without comprehensive legal protection for dreamers, they are still under threat of deportation. And passing the DREAM Act is the best way to end that kind of uncertainty. So visit fivecalls.org for scripts and numbers for your representatives and call and demand a DREAM Act now. You can also call 478 488-8059. This is a randomizing phone line from We Are Here to Stay that connects you to an office of an elected official that is critical to the DACA fight. So please keep the pressure on, make those calls, make sure that all of the representatives in Congress know that we want a DREAM Act now. Absolutely. So important to keep the pressure on and and consistent. We also want to remind uh, all of our listeners that there are a number of marches planned to demand gun reform. And these are all youth-led actions and events, which is incredibly inspiring and really important to um, amplify and and lift those voices up. So on March 14th, just coming up in a few weeks, Women's March Youth Empower is planning a national school walkout. And you can search for national school walkout on Facebook to see events all over the country. On March 24th, the survivors of the Parkland, Florida shooting and youth nationwide are planning the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C. and in cities around the country. And you can find more information on that march at marchforourlives.com. And finally, on April 20th, students around the country are planning hashtag National School Walkout. And again, you can find information about that on Facebook. We've got information up um, on our Facebook page, in the group, and uh, there's plenty of information circulating around National School Walkouts um, and the March for Our Lives. So please do pay attention to those. And again, youth-led, really inspiring to see these kids rising up and and rising up um, after many folks before them, uh, particularly youth of color have been working to end gun violence and and demand gun reform for a long time. And so the more that we can get behind these efforts and and really show the work that these kids are doing to create change, um, I think is is for the best. So looking forward to participating in, in those actions. That's actually a really good transition into this week's Golden Pantsuit. Um, as you know, the Golden Pantsuit is an award we give out every week to really incredible women who are just being badasses out in the world, supporting other women and really leading many different fights on many different levels. And there have been a lot of students from the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School speaking out against gun violence and in favor of gun reform. And one of those amazing young people is a woman named Emma Gonzalez. Um, In an article she wrote for Harper's Bazaar, she describes herself as 18. She's Cuban and bisexual. And she says she is so indecisive that she can't pick a favorite color. She also 
also loves to sew and embroider and knit while she watches Netflix. But now she has become a critical voice in the movement to force politicians to finally take a stand on gun reform. So let's listen to a little bit of the speech she gave in the days after the massacre. Since the time of the founding fathers and since they added the Second Amendment to the Constitution, our guns have developed at a rate that leaves me dizzy. The guns have changed and the laws have not. We certainly do not understand why it should be harder to make plans with friends on weekends than it is to buy an automatic or semi-automatic weapon. In Florida, in Florida, to buy a gun, you do not need a permit, you do not need a gun license, and once you buy it, you do not need to register it. You do not need a permit to carry a concealed rifle or shotgun. You can buy as many guns as you want at one time. I read something very powerful to me today It was from the point of view of a teacher, and I quote, when adults tell me I have the right to own a gun, all I can hear is, my right to own a gun outweighs your student's right to live. All I can hear is mine, 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 mine. Oh, she's so amazing. I know, she's... I just... um, (laughs) Yeah, I I, I know. Listening to her talk, you really recognize how affected that she is by this tragedy but also can hear the determination that she has to end this tragedy this kind of tragedy and make it so that other people do not have to go through what their community has gone through yeah exactly and she has a a a gift for for um being able to sort of cut through the um I don't want to say noise, but I like like she just she, yeah, the, the she rhetoric. speaks truth to power in exactly. a way that I think is is uncommon and also inspiring. And I think she um, has this balance of youth, but also like an innate wisdom, knowing that about herself and, and knowing how to sort of wield that um, that understanding and that depth of character to bring light to other people. And it's just it's really I think it's a rare. A rare thing that you mm-hmm. you see and and absolutely the tragedy and, you know, that's unfolding around her means that it she's sort of come into a spotlight in a in a tragic way and yet um there's something about her national voice now which um it, it it's hard not to be hopeful kind of despite everything when you hear her voice completely she you know it's hard to feel like there's a celebratory part of this tragedy. And this is, you know, usually our celebratory section of the podcast. But I think that it was really important for us to use this week's time to acknowledge Emma's strength and leadership and her just utter fierceness. She really epitomizes the golden pantsuit. So this week, um, golden pantsuit to Emma Gonzalez. Yep. Amazing. And follow her on Twitter. Um, You can find her pretty easily. She's got like a million plus followers she now. has more followers and, um, than the nra now i yes heard. she does <laughs> she does and and she's great like she's fantastic on twitter and um she's again just a, a great voice so you can find her there and i'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from emma in the years to come mm-hmm. so i think that um wraps up the podcast for this week thank you courtney and a huge thank you of course to our guest leanne pittsford uh, of lesbian suit tech and to our sponsor this week goop Thank you to our team at Cadence 13. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because that uh, really does help other listeners find our podcast. 
You can visit us at pantsuitnation.org to learn more about what we do as an organization and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at pantsuitnation and check out our Medium publication, medium.com slash pantsuitnation. So we'll be back next week. And remember, uh, this democracy is your democracy. So please stay engaged. Sounds good. Talk to you next week, Court. Bye, Libby. Bye. Bye.